Hello, TTB community. I am Bob Demena, and here with me, as always, is the very convivial Elliot Shibley. With life? Um, sure. I mean, that's that's basically the direct translation from either Latin or Spanish. Is it really? You know the deck. You would be the person to know the direct. Uh, what did you just say? Translation. Um, translation. Hold on. I'm, yeah, I'm typing. Um, so convivial. The definition is of an atmosphere or event, friendly, lively, and enjoyable. Mm. Um, oh, of okay. a person, cheerful yeah. and friendly, okay. jovial. Yeah, with joy too. With joy. With life. Yeah. yeah. All right. And and I consider you that. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So before I get into last week's trivia question, uh, I do want to let everyone know since it is a new year, and if you need new apparel, uh, T Public or Redbubble, if you search for the Traveler's Blueprint, you can also go through our website. We have some pretty awesome t-shirts, hoodies, and other gear like coffee mugs, iPhone and Android cases for your phone, laptop stickers, and a lot of other stuff. I mean, I think we even have throw pillows and wall art. It's kind of cool. Uh, and if you get any of that swag, it helps us a little bit. All right. Now for the answer to last week's, last week's trivia question, which was, what French island in the Indian Ocean did Kelly House sit at? And the answer, I will try to do my best French accent, is Réunion, which is reunion. That's pretty good. It's better than I could do. Bob, who's our guest today? So on the podcast today, we had an incredibly informative conversation on all things related to airline points and credit card points. We, we learned a ton on how to select which credit cards are appropriate for you, how to accumulate your points, and how to ultimately spend those points on flights and hotels and car rentals, whatever it may be. So it was jam-packed with information. He was a really cool guy to talk to who has his own podcast, own Facebook groups that you can then reference for more information. Um, and so, so we really enjoyed it. We think we learned a ton. Well, I know I learned a ton. Yes, I learned, and, I learned a ton too. And we think that you will also uh, learn a ton too. So without further introduction, please give it up for our next guest, Jeff Brownson. Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. Jeff, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you guys. Yeah, so I reached out to you after joining your Facebook group, Award Travel 101, and picking the brains of people on the group, yourself included, on how to accumulate and then ultimately use uh, award points. <clears throat> and so that's really what we're here you know, to talk about today. Um, we're going to discuss the ins and outs of award point accumulation and spending and just get an idea of this process because it's complicated. It, it starts. Oh, with, it's very complicated. Yeah. Super complicated. Yeah. And they make it that way, right? It's yeah. And I, I usually joke around when I talk to people, if it's new people trying to get into it or even uh, my wife and I joke around as I spend hours and hours looking for awards. And I say that you almost need a degree in award travel to be able to figure out how to use these programs and how to maximize your miles and your points. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, they, and they can be incredibly beneficial to a traveler, someone who wants to continuously travel specifically. If you're working on accumulating these points, they really go a far away. And so I had an idea for this conversation where we can sort of very, very briefly give a rundown of what points even mean and the types of ways you can accumulate them. 
And then we can kind of break down like an intermediate to advanced um, discussion on what to actually do with them. So I don't want to spend too much time working out like, you know, the, the beginner stuff. Uh, yeah. So this conversation okay. will be more geared towards people who already sort of have a grasp of what to do and how to do it, but maybe don't understand fully how far their points can go um, and how to decide, you know, when to use your points for a hotel versus an airline or, and, and things like that. So, yeah. So um, for the most part, we, uh, about October of last year, we had a podcast with Ian Grimace who gave us sort of that introductory look at awards points and we're just going to kind of piggyback off of that conversation. So for any of the Traveler's Blueprint fans, if you would like to touch up on some of the beginner stuff, take a listen to that one and then come back to this one. It's one of our, one of our early episodes, right? I don't even remember which episode. I think yeah. it's in like the five to 10 range. I think it's eight. That's what Is I want to say. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we'll just hang out here and wait for them to go listen. So, all right. The very basic question, what are travel points? Well, there's, it, it sounds like a basic question, but it's a little bit complex and there's a few different types of travel points. You have what most people are familiar with, something you would get from an airline, from American Airlines, from United Airlines. They have their own loyalty programs and you earn, most of them, they're called miles in their program. And you would earn that with you when you fly or if you have a co-branded credit card or there's a variety of different ways to earn them. So that's one type and that's... Uh, they can be used for that airline. They can be used for other members of that airline's alliance, which is kind of like their partners, or they can be used for a couple of other things that aren't really a very good deal. So we won't mention them. Um, then you have your second type of points is a fixed point, which is what, uh, for example, a Barclays arrival points there, you can redeem those for a fixed amount or Capital One, their venture cards, you used to earn points that were redeemable for a fixed amount. And those recently transitioned into the third type of points, which is a flexible point or a transferable point. And the reason I say, I used Capital One as an example here. Like I said, they used to have fixed points. So they were, when you redeem them, they were worth a penny a point. No matter what you did with them, they might've had some worse values than that, but any, the max value you could get was a penny a point. And now they recently announced some transfer partners so you can transfer to different airlines. So it is now one of these transferable points currencies. And those are your Capital One, uh, Chase, Ultimate Rewards, American Express Membership Rewards, City Thank You Points are the major transferable points. And with these, you can transfer them, you can use them to book travel, just basically go into their portals and book travel and pay with your points. And there you get anywhere from one to one and a half cents per point of value. Or where you get the real value out of it is transferring to their airline and hotel partners. And then you can use that to book with those airlines or hotel loyalty programs. And you can really get the value up a lot higher, especially if you're redeeming for upper class, first class, business class travel. Okay. And for people just starting out, which in your opinion, is the best card to go with? The best card for someone who's just starting out, I almost always will recognize, recommend uh, Chase Sapphire Preferred. Okay, and that's me, that's me. I literally just got it a month ago. Yeah, and that's, that's perfect. There's a couple reasons we recommend that card first. One, uh, Chase has gotten a little bit more strict about who they approve for cards and when, especially if you've been getting a lot of new credit cards and earning a lot of points. 
they have what we call a 524 rule, which means if you have more than five new accounts in the past 24 months, they're not going to approve you for one of their flagship cards or one of their ultimate rewards earning cards. Okay. So you wanna, if you're just getting into it, Chase is a good place to start because you haven't had a lot of applications. You haven't gotten a lot of new credit cards in the past couple of years. The second reason is ultimate rewards points are one of those transferable points or those uh, more valuable points that I talked about before. Many people believe Chase Ultimate Rewards are the most valuable of those points because of the partners that they have and the programs you can transfer to. Okay. Yeah, so I have the Chase uh, Sapphire Preserve, and that is, it, it's incredible how far these points can go. And by that, I mean to different companies. You can use them for airline miles, and I know several several hotels partner with Chase as well. And so now, one of the biggest issues that I'm personally having to face is figuring out and doing the math and deciding, do I use them for an airline? Uh, do I use them, you know, do I, do I book an airfare with them or do I end up spending the money on airfare? Do I use it towards a hotel? Do I, maybe, do I maybe use them for a rental car? That's where it sort of gets really confusing and you need to really understand what these points mean and how far they go. Uh, yeah, and that's another place that people get stuck and another reason it's so hard and it's so difficult to earn and use points is because people get to that same situation that you're in where they've earned the points and then they kind of freeze and they don't want to redeem them for not the best value, but maybe you don't need to fly in Singapore first class right now. <laughs> maybe you need to get to Wichita to see your grandmother or something. So there's, you have to figure out what's the best value for you. And maybe you're going to get two or three cents per point of value when you're redeeming where the max might be, I, I flew Thai Airways first class once, and if I looked at the cash price of the ticket, I got over 12 cents per point worth of value out of that. Would I have bought that cash ticket? So was it really worth that much? No, I wouldn't have bought that cash ticket. But it's fun to look at the values in that way sometimes. Really, it comes down to where you need to go and what currency you have, whether that be cash or whether that be a transferable point or whether that be an airline point or a hotel point whichever is going to bring the most value to you in that situation. Okay. And, and so what I did, um, I had American airline points and I have these chase points and I figured that the American airline points can only be used for flights. So in this circumstance, I said, why not save the chase points for hotels and maybe a car rental and use my American airline points to put towards the flights. Now, when I booked these flights, um, it is Philadelphia to Venice and then it's Rome back to Philadelphia. The flights round trip for three tickets from Philadelphia to Venice came out to over $10,000, which why I don't know. I don't know. And <laughs> that seems extreme. And that Ten, what, what class of service was that? Was it was that, just a con like normal, um, normal economy. Yeah. Economy. Yeah. Wow. You over $10,000 and who in their right mind would buy it. And that's one way. I mean, cause I'm flying home out of Rome. So that was yeah, so three someone who's flying for business and their business is going to pay for it or someone that just doesn't care how much they spend, but they're probably flying in business or first class somewhere. <laughs> so. It seems so exorbitant. I mean, the, when I flew to Rome last spring, it was like 550 or 600 round trip out of Philly. Yeah, we've seen some crazy deals to Europe as far as cash prices, which is another thing that makes it harder to decide whether you're doing you're going to use your points or whether you're going to use the cash. If you're, if you're looking at American airlines, for example, their one way over to Europe from the U S is 30,000 points. 
and they're they're getting into on their own flights they're starting to do some variable pricing and eventually we'll see those award charts go away probably but right now you can book us to europe for 30,000 points and if you're seeing a $285 round trip out of new york city it it's hard to book that 30,000 point both way because your value for your points isn't that great but that's one of those situations where you need to look at it and like if you're taking your family of four do you have over $1,000 you want to drop on airfare, or do you have a whole bunch of points that you've earned and that you can use? So in that case, it might be better to use the points. That's, that's what happened in my, in my situation. We decided that it was worth it to just spend the 180,000 points for three round trip tickets um, and save that money. Not that we would have booked the $10,000 flight. One yeah, night. you would have found a better day to fly. <laughs> right, right. And we would have ultimately spent, you know, $800, $1,000 for the tickets. But um, it just wasn't worth it right now. We decided to just use the points. Yeah, and I've had a, a similar situation. We're looking at going to Greece for spring break, and I was looking at award flights with United and with Avianca, which became a whole thing. I'm, I'm not a big fan of them right now. But at, for the flight home, I happened to notice that I could get from uh, directly from Athens to New York City on Norwegian Air, which is a low-cost carrier. Um, they're not as low cost as like a spirit or an easy jet or something like that, but you are going to pay extra for bags. You're going to pay extra for meals. You're going to pay extra for, to select a seat. Um, but those flights were, it would worked out to about $210 each for the one way from Athens to New York. So I booked my family on that. I was like, yeah, we can fly that. That's not yeah. bad. It's direct. We're not going to have to connect. And then we'll just hop on Amtrak and come down from New York to get home the rest of the way. But there was, it there was no way I was going to redeem points at that point, but it became that same situation where once I got the whole family on it, we were looking at uh, with taxes and stuff around 900 or a thousand dollars. And I didn't really want to spend a thousand dollars, but I also didn't want to spend a whole bunch of points when I could fly us all for just a thousand dollars. Yeah. And so, so is figuring out how far your points go. Is it a matter of looking at the cost of, you know, it's going to cost a thousand dollars, um, round trip for flight. So then you incorporate how far your points would go. You would have to do that. For, does that make sense? And then you'd have to do that for your hotels and then also the car rental and then decide how, which sector it goes the farthest. Yeah. That's what, uh, that's how a lot of people figure it out as they look at those prices. And like we were saying before with your economy flights that were $10,000 or with my Thai first class that I wouldn't have booked for that price, that, that kind of goes out the window because you never would have booked that. But at the same time, you are flying Thai first class versus the economy flight that you would have booked with cash. So yeah, those points were worth a lot more in that case. Um, a lot of people, when they have those transferable points, like the chase points, struggle with whether they should use it for airline or whether they use it for hotel or what program they transfer it to. And there's always, you can always find a value to put on your points, but there's never any one value that those points are worth. Okay. Does that make sense? Like you, you can, you can struggle and you can look at it and you can divide what your hotel cost would be by this. And you can divide what your airline cost is by the number of points you used. And that in that moment is what your points are worth to book that specific flight. But if you book a different flight tomorrow, they may be worth something different or so you don't want to get too hung up on looking at exact value. And it all comes back to that. Do I have the points? Are the points going to get me where I want to go? Is this going to be an amazing vacation for me? Is it worth it for me to use those points? 
Mm. Right. Yeah. And, and a big thing of this is figuring out where to look for your research. And I know that you have several websites and different platforms that you're trying to use to help people figure this out. If someone is in the very early stages of researching how to use their travel points, where would you direct them? And what would that platform do for them? Well, I think that the best thing that someone can do if they're first getting into this is uh, listen to podcasts like this and read as much as they possibly can. When I first got into airline miles and hotel points and loyalty programs and, and traveling for less in those ways, I had sold a business. I was home for a couple of years. My kids were young and I just read and read and read and read. And that's <laughs> eventually... 10 years later has gotten me to the point where I'm now teaching and writing the things that people are reading to learn, which is kind of cool. Uh, I turned what was a hobby into a, a job now. But another one of the great places that I run is a Facebook group called Award Travel 101. And where um, by the time this episode airs, I'm guessing we'll probably be at 64,000 people in that group. Wow. Um, it's growing. We're growing by about a thousand people a month at this point. But a friend of mine started that about five years ago. This summer, he had to step away from it and asked me if I would take it over. So I'm now running that group. But that's a group where you can go and you can ask questions and you can read the questions that other people are asking and see the responses to that. We have really high engagement in that group. A lot of people answering questions. We have several moderators who help out. I'm there pretty active helping out. And we have daily threads also that really help the beginners in those. We have a couple Mondays and Thursdays. We talk about credit cards, um, specifically what you asked before. What's the best new card to get? What's the, any question you have about credit card benefits, what credit card to get next? What can this credit card do for you? We have a, an all day long thread that goes through that. And then we have different threads throughout the week on Wednesdays. We talk about anything travel related. It doesn't have to be miles or points. Where should I go? Should I pick Greece or should I pick Italy? Any kind of traveling question you have. Uh, on the weekend, we have a new thread that we just started a couple months ago. We call it the weekend burn, which is about burning your miles and points and about uh, booking those flights. So any questions that you have about how to do that, you can come in. And this, these are great places for the newer people to ask those more basic questions and ask those things that they have a hard time finding, or they may have to read 10 different articles to figure out the exact answer. I have a, I have a very simple question, and it kind of goes to the whole, the burn of the points. Yeah. Do points expire? Some of them. Okay. Which is probably not the answer you're looking for, but... Well, no, it is, a, because I, I realize that some may may not expire, but others will depending on the card it depends on the program what the loyalty program is so your transferable points or your um the the more valuable points the american express the city points the chase points they do not expire as long as you still hold one of their premium cards which is what okay. earns the points um, if you cancel all of those cards your points go away so you have to hold on to one of those most i think all three of those programs may have a no fee card that you can keep your points alive, just downgrade to the card that has no annual fee and your points stay alive, but you can't transfer them. You would have to get one of the premium cards again to convert them over to be transferable points. Okay. So that's your, your, your bank points or your transferable points. As long as you have the card, they stay active. Different airlines and different hotel programs have require you to be active every certain amount or some expire after uh, a set amount of time. 
some of the Asian programs, the miles expire 24 months after you earn them, no matter what, even if you continue flying, even if you earn more points, if you don't use them within 24 months, they're gone. Uh, most of the U.S. carriers, we're, we're seeing a couple U.S. carriers are now saying that points never expire. Delta has said that for a while. Some of these carriers require that you have activity in your account every 18 months, every 12 months, every 24 months. But most of them you can keep your points alive with. And then the same with hotels. A lot of them require that you have some sort of activity. And that could mean you stay in the hotel and earn points. It could mean you use points to book a hotel. It could mean you go through that hotel loyalty program shopping portal and buy a $1 something pack of gum from Amazon and earn one mile or one point. That is something as simple as that, as that can keep the points alive. But you do have to pay attention and know when they're going to expire so that you don't lose them. Okay. And there are a few ways people seem to accumulate points. And one is through travel. Um, it's easy for someone who's traveling for work to use their company card and accumulate a ton of points. That seems to be the best case <laughs> for a lot of people. Yeah. Most people can't do that and aren't traveling that often and don't really accumulate that many points through actually physically flying and seem to rely on these credit cards and the spending that they're going to do in their daily lives to accumulate points. Now, one of the biggest uh, incentives to, to use these cards is that initial bonus, that reward that you get when you open the card and you spend that certain amount of money within those, that certain time frame. Then once you do that, you typically only earn like a point for every dollar you spend. So you don't really, if you're not spending a lot of money, you're no longer accruing points. Right. So I noticed that some people will, you know, buy the Chase Sapphire Preserve and spend the $3,000, whatever it is, in four months and get the 50,000 points. And then shortly after, look to get another card and do it all over again. And you can accumulate points within multiple credit card companies. Is that, is that a common way to accumulate a large amount of points overall? It is, especially for those of us that, that fall in and start reading and start really getting into this. I think at any one time, to, to give you an extreme example, I don't by any means recommend that any of your listeners are like, oh, yes, I must go do this tomorrow. But a reminder that I've been in this around 10 years, but my wife and I probably at this point have 40 or 50 open credit cards. Between the two of us, we've been as high oh. as in the 60s. Um, and over those 10 years, we've gone through a couple hundred credit cards Wow! Uh, with opening them and getting the bonuses and eventually canceling them. Or, I mean, we still have many of them open. Can I ask, how is your credit rating? <laughs> uh, my credit rating, actually, everyone always asks that, yeah. <laughs> especially my family members have said, well, this is going to kill your credit. And um, my credit rating has been for at least the past few years, the highest it has ever been. I've been up in the um, around 825, 830. Okay. Um, so it, excellent, I would the, say. The one thing that we should add is that this is not something that you should do if you struggle with paying off your credit cards. You No, absolutely be, not. Yeah, you need yeah. to be on top of it because you will, if you mess up and if you go into debt and you're not up on your payments, you will destroy your credit. You got to be extremely careful. You will put yeah, yourself into very harsh debt. Yeah. That's kind of the, I don't, not really a disclaimer, but the what we tell everybody who's looking to get started in this is that your credit and your credit score and your credit report are 
far more important than earning 50,000 points for a credit card. And if you can't pay your bills on time, any interest that you're paying or any late fees that you're paying completely negates the earning of the points. So you should absolutely not get into this if you're carrying balances, if you can't pay your credit card bills on time, if you're not organized enough to manage three or four different credit cards and make sure they all get paid on time. Um, this is not the game for you. Yeah. If if you can do all those things, if you pay your credit cards off every month, if you're looking to vacation a little more, this is a an amazing way and a fairly easy way to get to those goals. So could you take us through maybe your favorite three credit cards um, and give us a rundown of maybe some of the partners that these credit cards are associated with and the biggest perks you get with, with them? Yeah. So there are a couple different ways we could take this and you, you guys sent me a couple of questions that we were going to talk about ahead of time. So I had some time to think about this, but there are, there are a couple different ways you can handle that. One can be if you're looking to just accrue points and you want to accrue as many points as you can in a single program, then you would go with three cards from the same program. And if I had to do that, I would probably go with Chase because like I said, their ultimate rewards points are one of the most valuable and they have a variety of cards that can earn Chase points um, at, at multiplied levels for certain categories of spending. And that may be, uh, just, just to go through it, I would say I would recommend the Chase Sapphire Preferred card, which we said was one of the best ones for beginners. The Chase Inc. card, um, which is the Chase Inc. Preferred card, which is a business card. So you do have to have a business and that can be something as small as a, a blog or a podcast or uh, you do some eBay sales. Um, anything that can qualify as a business, you're, you can get approved for business cards. And then the third one would be a Chase Freedom Unlimited card. And that one is good for your everyday spend because that earns one point, excuse me, it earns 1.5 points for every dollar of spend. So it's a little bit increased spending when you don't have a bonus category that you're going for. Okay. Uh, as far as the, the ink card, that has increased spending on, if, I mean, increased earning if you're spending at office supply stores, if you're uh, spending... Uh, there's three or four different things that they can earn five times the points or five X, uh, five points per dollar of spend. So that's a good way to increase your spend. The Chase Sapphire preferred card, if you're spending on travel or dining, then you're going to earn two points per dollar on spend on that. So the combination of those three really hits a lot of categories that you're going to spend. And you have that card that's going to earn a little bit of a bonus with the with the Freedom Unlimited on stuff that doesn't fit into any category. So you can really earn a lot of points with that trio of cards. Okay. Uh, so for me, I I just got into the Travel Rewards game. And I want to keep it simple for the time being, at least, because I don't want to have to try to keep track of how many points I have, how much I'm spending on each individual card in order to acquire those points. So like the Chase Sapphire Preferred, I know there's a certain threshold I have to reach in the first three months to earn the bonus points. And after that, it just seems like I'll just use the card to get the points. But if people are looking at accruing more points faster, then you start to get into a situation which you're in, Jeff, where you have 10 cards open at a time and using them for specific purchases. Yeah, specific purchases. And over over the variety of cards that are available, that can be anything 
from there's bonus categories for gas, for grocery, for shipping, uh, travel, dining, entertainment, um, just a variety of categories that you can find bonuses. There's an Uber card that you get bonus for your Uber trips. Hmm. Um, that one, I, I wouldn't recommend getting that one at this point because they just announced some changes to that and it, it took a tremendous hit in its benefits. But just so you know, that's out there. There's pretty much any category you're doing spending in, you can probably find a card to maximize that and earn more points per dollar on that. Okay. Yeah. Bob, you, so, only have, you only have one main card right now too. Is, is that correct? Right. So I'm at the point where I have accrued a decent amount of miles or points with my Chase Sapphire Preserve and I'm using it for everyday spending. Um, but now I, I'm realizing that I'm just I'm not really getting as many points as I want anymore. I, I check the Chase portal because you can go online and, you know, if I wanted to buy a pair of Nikes, you can go through the Chase portal and Nike may be three points per dollar if you if you make the purchase that way. So I do check that out to try to get more points when I can, but I've hit a sort of, you know, a slowdown and now I am looking at getting a second card. And now with that information you just told me, I guess I, I would look into maybe a second chase card rather than maybe looking towards Capital One or Amex or something like that. Yeah, you may want to look into something else that earns ultimate rewards points and then you can combine, well, it, in your account, you'll be able to transfer points between cards and use either one to do your bookings or, or the transfer to the loyalty programs. But the chase cards are great. I mentioned that because we had talked about the Chase Sapphire Preferred. You can do a similar thing with City Thank You Points or with American Express Membership Rewards Points. And they they all have multiple cards that earn those same type of points. So really, you would want to look and, and pick which program you think you're going to use. Look at the transfer partners. Look at where those transfer partner airlines, um, where they fly to. And that could be you know, United points are great for getting to Europe. So if you want to spend some time in Europe and you want to do some vacations in Europe, then Chase is a great one because they transfer to United. Right. right. Yeah. I did see I, that. I saw that Chase has a, I think they have a few airline travel partners like um, United, British, Emirates, JetBlue, and I think there are um, one or two more. So you have a lot of options. Yeah, I mean, and that's something that I considered. I actually, I forgot. I do have an American Airlines card. And I, the reason I picked that is because I, I fly out of Philadelphia, which is a huge hub for American Airlines. So yeah. I figured, I, so, so I'm, I'm trying to balance the two and use my American Airlines card to get points when I can. And then also use the Chase card, you know, for dining within the airport. I was trying to juggle both around. Um, and so that's something that I, I think people should look into, right? Making sure that you're buying a card that transfers to an airline that operates on a regular basis out of your home airport. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, there are certain hubs around the country for each of our major airlines and other airlines fly out of those, but it's, if you're in Chicago, for example, that's a huge United hub. So you're probably going to see a lot more flights and a lot more deals and a lot more award availability on United flights. Like you mentioned with Philadelphia, that's a big American Airlines hub. So you'll see a lot more of those low-priced awards going out of Philadelphia. So you, need to, you do need to pay attention to where you live. Um, when you get a little more into earning miles and points and looking where to find award tickets and get more into this system of things. Yeah, so you mentioned 
you live in Philadelphia, that's a big American Airlines hub. Uh, United is a big United Airlines hub. So what, when we say hubs, that's where a lot of their flights go through. So there's a lot of flights from that airline going out of there. So you do need to pay attention if you live close to one of those places because, and it's not just those two, it's Dallas or Houston or a, a variety of different ones, but you can easily find out what airlines have a hub at your home airport, if any. And then you, you may want to get cards and accumulate points with that airline or with a partner of that airline because that's where you're going to have the most flight availability and that's where you're going to see the most open award seats. Now, when you get to a, a point like where I am, I am not as concerned about my home airport as I am concerned with the big flight getting, a, I call it getting across the pond. And whether that's the Atlantic or the Pacific or wherever, that's where I'm looking for the flight from. So it doesn't matter for me as much. I also am, I live in the DC area, so we have a ton of airlines that go out of Dulles. It's a fairly big uh, United airport, but we also get a lot of the foreign carriers coming in there, so we get a lot of availability. But I'm also only a quick four-hour train ride from New York City, which has a ton of airlines going out of there. So I'm not afraid to look at New York as an option. I'm not afraid to pay for a one-hour flight to Chicago and take a, a flight out of Chicago as an option. So you can earn with programs that aren't naturally at your hub or your home airport. It just takes a little bit more to, to get to where you're going to find the flights. Okay. And could you, I don't know if you know these off of the top of your head, but, you know, talking about some of the Chase cards and the Amex cards, Capital One cards, do you know or could you tell us some of the greater uh, benefits of picking these cards? Maybe, you know, it doesn't have, need, to, need to necessarily be transfer partners, but I know some of them give you automatic uh, like car insurance when you were to do a rental car through their card. Which cards to you have the best benefits to a traveler, to an all-around traveler? That's a tough question to answer because some of them have been pulling some benefits recently, but mainly my advice on that point is don't be afraid to pay an annual fee for a card if you're going to get enough benefits out of it because some of those travel benefits that are the best come with the cards that have a higher fee. And most people, if they hear uh, the annual fee, for example, the American Express Platinum card right now has an annual fee of uh, $550, which if people, yeah, you, you gasped a little steep. bit. <clears throat> it's crazy. Uh, my wife and I both have that card. I don't know how many years we'll keep that card for, but we got a decent value out of it. It has um, a couple hundred dollars in Uber credits each year. We use Uber a ton when we travel and even here at home getting into DC and back to Virginia where we live. It has a couple hundred dollar airline credit for incidentals. So for um, if you maximize both of those, that's $400 you're getting back right away. American Express has what they call Amex offers, which could or for a variety of companies and you may get $25 back on your purchase or $10 back or if you use a few of those. It comes with a priority pass membership. So if you go in the lounge a couple of times, then that's some more money. It's pretty easy to hit that $550 value with that card, especially year one when you're getting a good bonus on it. Right now, there's uh, an offer floating around out there for 125,000 membership rewards points on that card with your, I think it requires a $5,000 spend. And those offers change all the time. So you always want to take a look at what's available when you're looking. But right now, that's a great offer. And those points, I mean, even if, even if those are you value those at only a penny per point, which is what you can buy gift card gift cards for, that's 
$1,250 worth of value there. If you transfer those to airlines and get two cents or three cents or four cents per point, that's thousands of dollars in value just from that signup bonus. Yeah, I'll pay $550 for that any day of the week. Yeah. So you can't be afraid of those, those larger annual fees. What you need to do is look and see, like you said, what those benefits are. And if, if those benefits are going to be more value than that annual fee to you. And there are certain cards from uh, Chase, for example, has a couple of hotel cards where you get a free hotel night every year when you pay the annual fee. And I've got one, an IHG card that I've had for years, and I'm paying a $49 annual fee. I think if you were to get the the new one that they have that's available now, it's an $89 annual fee, but you get uh, a free night at an IHG hotel each year. So I'll pay $49 every year. And I've had that card for probably eight years. And my wife has that card and she's had it for eight years. And every year, somewhere throughout the year, we find a couple of IHG hotel nights. And that's here, Holiday Inns, Crown Plazas, Intercontinentals. Uh, We find most often we're using those if we need to stay before or after a flight. Then we can just pop that quick stay in. We paid effectively $49 for it because that's what we paid for the annual fee. And that card is something that we keep for the long term and use every year. Yeah. I know with the, if the American Express Platinum, is it that has the 550? Yeah. So I know if I ever fly out of Philly that I would prefer to, I live in Harrisburg, Hershey area. So I would almost Uber there rather than, you know, drive my car down and leave it overnight in the economy or whatever parking lot and then just Uber back. And that basically gets me the uber points yeah yeah and you get with that card you get so it's not a 200 dollars flat credit for the uber it's 15 dollars per month so it wouldn't work quite like you're hoping and then there's a bonus then there's a bonus 20 dollars i think in december so in in december you could get 35 dollars in credit which would get you uh, probably not quite all the way to philly for (laughs) but Yeah. So it's good if you're taking a lot of short Uber rides and it costs me, I mean, if I do Uber pool, it probably costs me 15 bucks to get into DC to go out for the evening and 15 bucks to come back. So one of those is covered each month by my American Express Platinum card. Yeah. All right. So knowing everything you know, what would you say are some of the biggest mistakes uh, people make when trying to accumulate points and accumulate credit cards? A lot of those have to do with your credit and that can be getting into it too quickly. If you apply for three or four credit cards uh, pretty close together and all of those have certain spend amounts that you have to hit to get the bonus and they will happen at different times depending on when you got the card and they have payments that are due on different days depending on what day you got the card and what day they activated it. So it's, it's very easy if you're not very well organized to either A, miss a payment which is not good because then you're paying fees. And like we said before, that negates any value of your points or B forget that you're going to hit that three month point where you needed to spend $3,000 and you've only spent $2,800. And then because you didn't go out and buy whatever it was you needed buy groceries for the week and it's the next day, then all of a sudden you missed out on that 50,000 point signup bonus because you didn't track it carefully enough. There's no way to get that once you miss it, right? You're done and you can't reapply for that credit card and try again. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, eventually you could for some cards. American Express limits a lot of their cards to once per lifetime for the bonus. Though 
technically now, now that I'm thinking about that, I wonder because I think their language technically says you can only earn the bonus once per lifetime, but it may say that you can only have had the card if you've ever had the card before in your lifetime. But if, if you only earn the bonus once per lifetime and you never got it the first time, I guess you could get another one, <laughs> but it's, yeah. it, you really have to pay attention yeah. to exactly what the language and the application says. Read the fine print. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them you're not, you won't be able to say, oh, I missed that and just apply for the card again right away. Absolutely not. Elliot, if you need help spending money, just shoot me with your credit card information and I'll make sure you hit that, that uh, Don't point you already have bonus. It? I do, yeah. But I mean, I'll just help you spend money on okay. your card. Sure. Yeah. That'd be great. I'm a good friend. Don't you already have my card info? No, send it again when you have a chance. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just post it on our Instagram. Yeah, I mean, if you guys want to send it to me too, I'll, I'll send some on your credit cards. All right, great. Well, I'll help you yeah. out. Yeah, it's. I mean, credit's free money, right? Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's how it works. No, no. We shouldn't say that on the podcast. No. Um, some people no, somebody will take will, Somebody will take that clip and tweet it out. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, and now seems like the perfect time to sign up for a credit card too because you have the holidays coming up and there's good deals. Um, people are shopping. Uh this is when I got my Chase card last year. So I've only had it for a year. Wow. Um, yeah. If you're, especially if you are like myself and my wife and I don't, I think we buy Christmas presents for everyone we've ever met at this point. I don't know. <laughs> I just know that boxes keep coming from Amazon <laughs> from various different places all through the season. Um, so if you're going to spend a few thousand dollars naturally on, on presents for the holidays, then absolutely grab a new credit card and hit that bonus. And it, the pain of spending all that money on presents for other people will give you 50 or 60 or 100,000 points and you can go travel somewhere. And all of a sudden your, your holiday shopping got you a, a trip to Bali or something like that. Right. I, I really think I may do it because I, I've already, you know, worked through the chase sapphire preserve i'm kind of ready for another one i have holiday shopping coming up and we plan on redoing our floors this this winter so yeah i'm already you know i'm already spending it in my head i, I know where we'll be and I, I think which one would you go with the, well, can, the well, now, can i ask you you're saying preserve do you have yeah, the preferred gonna... or reserve oh sorry it's the preferred right okay. preferred yeah okay. <laughs> I, I, combine them? I was actually <laughs> yes. gonna ask that too because i was like well, we're gonna confuse people here times yeah oh i'm sorry yeah so there's yeah, so the pre there's the preferred and the reserve right if you want to go ahead and explain the difference between the two feel free. yeah the so the reserve is kind of their flagship card it has a higher annual fee off the top of my head i can't think of what it is but it's it's a few hundred dollars similar to the amex platinum not quite that high um they're the benefits that come along with that, there's a few extra benefits. The earning is three points per dollar on travel and dining, whereas the the Sapphire Preferred is only two points per dollar. But the Sapphire Preferred only has a $95 annual fee. And right now, the, the sign-up bonus for that is actually better. I think you get 60,000 points for the Preferred, and I think the bonus for the Reserve is only 40 or 50,000 points. And again, that could that could change next week. That could change two weeks from now. They may have a holiday offer come out. You don't know. But, but right now, definitely the preferred is the way to go. Um, if you're looking for a card to complement that, I would look at one of the business cards. Uh, I would look at the, the Chase Inc. preferred um, is their higher end ink card. And that gets you some of those benefits. Uh, again, it has a couple hundred dollar annual fee. But I think with the, the bonus and with the benefits of that, that could, that could complement the one you have pretty well. Right. Yeah. As long as you're actually going to use those benefits, it doesn't seem like a big deal to me. 
Yeah, and it's it it becomes more of an issue when you get a whole bunch of cards like I have, and if you have ten cards with a, a two or three or four hundred dollar annual fee, and you're like, yeah, I use all those benefits, and then you look at it and realize that you're only using them on one card, or you're using some of those benefits on one card and some on the other then that's where it becomes a problem. But if you only have a couple of cards and you are, again, organized and you're paying attention and you know that you're getting that value out of it, then there's no reason not to keep that card. Yeah, it's interesting. I just looked at the uh, ink, the business preferred, and it's actually only a $95 annual fee. Oh, is it? I thought that one was higher. <laughs> um, but they, there's a $80,000 bonus point. And then for businesses, it's travel, oh, shipping. It's 80,000 points, not $80,000. that would be great but (laughs) yes eighty thousand bonus points for the when you spend five thousand in the first three months and there's three times points on the first hundred fifty thousand for travel shipping internet cable and phone and then any advertising with social media yeah so with i mean with the podcast you guys would absolutely qualify for business credit cards um i'm sure that you're your sweatshirt that you're wearing, it costs something. So you do have costs associated with the podcast. And yes. um, ideally you have some money coming in. So the it, it you qualify for the business credit cards. And like I said, that gives you some different categories when you're, when you're buying office supplies or when you're doing any advertising or anything like that. Um, gives you a way to earn some more bonus points. And that 80,000 point offer is, is pretty good for that card right now. Hmm. Bob, we should look into that. Yeah, I, I think I will. I think I'm going to. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so Jeff, I know we're, we're kind of hitting the hour mark here. Is there anything else that you want to add that, you know, based on your experience helping people do these, uh, you know, figure this whole thing out that you want to enlighten us on? Yeah, a couple of things. One is, I've mentioned it a couple of times, but stay organized, read as much as you possibly can, and don't be afraid to ask questions. I know you guys, even over the course of this hour, have asked a, qu- a couple of questions of me. I'm happy to answer them. If you get into our Award Travel 101 Facebook group, people are happy to answer questions. There are several other groups on Facebook, several other groups in various places on the internet where you can learn about these things, blogs where you can read about it. Um, Don't be afraid to ask those questions. Make sure you understand the program. And if there are meetups or if there are conferences and you want to learn more, that's a great place to go and meet people and network. And eventually you learn more and more. And who knows, once you've been doing it for a while, you may end up doing it for a living like I am. Yeah, that, that's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the show. Before, before we let you go, run through all of your, your websites and social media accounts. And I have a question about one, but I'll wait for you to list them all off first. <laughs> I think I know which one you're going to ask about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, the main group, uh, technically right now, I am um, the social community manager for Award Wallet, which we didn't really talk about Award Wallet, but you can link to it in the show notes and people can go and take a look. You can, Award- you can talk about it now if you want. Yeah, I'll just just give a quick overview. Award Wallet is a site that their their main goal is to help you track your loyalty programs, help you track how many miles, how many points, how many whatever. They track, I think, 696 different programs at this point. Uh, we have about 640,000 plus members of Award Wallet. I'm uh, a member. Yeah, it's it's if you're getting into this game, it's absolutely I would almost say a necessity because if you're if you do award wallet plus, which I believe is thirty dollars a year, then 
it will track the expiration of all your different points, which is, you asked about that before, and it's hard to keep track once you have five or six different airline loyalty accounts. And they actually will send out emails and let you know, hey, you have points expiring in two months, do something about this. And so it's a great tool for that, but it's, with my family, uh, we, we track 79 different loyalty accounts in Award Wallet. And we don't do... Most people track their hotel and airline loyalty accounts. And then you can also put in your credit card accounts and see the credit card points. I don't even have my credit card accounts in there. That's just airline, hotel, car, and train programs. So Wow. But you can track all your, you can track Safeway or Giant or whatever your grocery store is, uh, grocery programs, car programs, pretty much anything where you can earn points, you can track it on Award Wallet. So I run their social communities. Uh, the largest of which is the Award Travel 101 Facebook group, which I said uh, is going to be very shortly. We're, we're about 20 or 30 people short of uh, 64,000 people. We have a couple of spinoffs from that group. Um, we do have Travel Grumps 101, which is something that we started to... People have problems when they travel. They, things go wrong. They want to complain about it. They want to find out if they can get compensation in the form of miles or points or a refund or that kind of thing. But that kind of negativity doesn't really fit in Award Travel 101 because we want to keep that group positive and help help people learn how to travel with miles and points and loyalty programs. So Travel Grumps 101 absorbs that negativity. And we just passed 7,500 members in that group. But that's a place where you can go to complain about anything from the person sitting next to me took their shoes off on the flight to um, the airline canceled the flight and I was stuck on an island with no food for three days. Any, anywhere in that whole gamut of things. And it's, it's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, we, we say that's a place for jokes and memes and don't judge the people. They can complain about whatever they want. And, and it's a safe it's space. A, yeah, it's a happy yeah. place to complain and try and get some help if something went wrong. Uh, we do have a paid group, which we're transitioning and will be launching very shortly. It's going to be called Award Travel 201, which is the, there'll, there'll be a monthly fee associated with that, or you can pay every six months or uh, once every year. And that's going to be kind of the second level stuff that isn't the basics, but um, a little bit of what we talked about today and a little bit higher level stuff getting into we talked about booking with American Airlines or United. This will get into the details of the Korean Airways program so that you can transfer your points over to Korean and book there. So getting into a little more of the details, uh, and like I said, that's a paid group. We're going to launch the new version of that, Award Travel 201, within the next few months. And then we have Award Travel Singles Mingle, which is a group that started kind of as a joke, um, people were like, oh, how come we don't have a singles group? And uh, they started it up a year and a half ago now or two years ago now. And the we don't do a lot of activity with that group. We have about 1,200 members in it. But we actually did this summer, we had a, a wedding because people had met in that group and they got married this summer. So it's apparently successful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're no longer a part of that group. Yeah, I hope not. I actually yeah, they have to leave. Looked, <laughs> they have to leave. leave the group now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but that we do have some people in there who are just looking for other single travelers so that they can group up and go on travel. But a lot of people in there are, as so many people in the world out there, looking for love and are are hoping to find somewhere that loves to travel as much as them that they can go travel around with. 
So those are the main Facebook groups. Uh, I also do the Award Travel 101 podcast, which uh, we just switched over to coming out every two weeks. And we talk to people in the group, people in the industry, uh, various things about award travel and how they use their points and, and how it fits in for their families. And then we have Instagram and Twitter accounts for Award Travel 101. Both are at Award Travel 101. And those we just launched when I uh, took over these groups in July. So they're, they're very new. So go follow us, uh, both Instagram and Twitter, Award Travel 101. Uh, we're growing those and we're, we're starting to get a little more content into those. And we also have an Award Travel 101 YouTube channel, which has sat dormant for about the past year. And we're uh, about to get that up and rolling again, too. That's exciting. Yeah, very exciting. <clears throat> and it seems like there are a lot of good tools for people to use if they are listening to this podcast right now and curious about how uh, they can figure this all out. The the information is all out there. You don't need to do, uh, you don't need to look too far. Um, yeah, there's a, a ton of information to be found uh, through blogs, through message boards and through right, groups on Facebook. Right. And I've used the, the Award Travel 101 myself. I'm a big advocate for Facebook groups as they pertain to getting information. I'm in travel groups, I'm in a personal finance group, and I love it because it allows you to not move past just reading some written article. You can actually talk to people and hear their personal experiences and kind of bounce ideas off of them. And so these whatever it is that you're interested in, I think just joining these groups is a great idea. Yeah. And it's a great community of people. And we joke around, I'll, I'll say to my wife, Oh, so-and-so is coming into town. Uh, I'm going to go out for drinks. And she'll say, Oh, is that one of your internet friends? <laughs> and I'll say, yes, it is one of my internet <laughs> friends. Or, but it's, uh, I have some of my best friends in the world now are people that I've met through these award travel uh, conferences and meetups and online and eventually met them in person. And I just got a text from a friend of mine who I met at a conference, I don't know, probably six or seven years ago. And she was just getting into this space and we traveled a couple places together and she just texted me last night and said, Hey, can I come stay at your house on in January? And I said to my wife, Hey, can Caroline come stay here? And my wife has traveled with Caroline too. And so, like we've known her for several years. So she's going to come stay at the house for a few days because yeah. she's in between, she'll be in between the Bahamas and a commitment in New York. So it's, it's a great group of people and you can really make some really good friends um, through these communities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate your time today. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Oh, no problem. I always love to talk about travel and credit cards and award programs and it's, it's kind of my happy place. So I'm glad to be here with you guys. All right. That wraps up our very informative show. And it's, it's funny. There is a uh, curve of confidence level when learning. And it starts out at zero, you know, when you don't know anything. And then you start to learn, you start to read up, you start to do your own research. And after doing some of that, you start to feel really confident. You start to feel like you know the subject really well. And then... You talk to someone like Jeff, and you quickly realize you know next to nothing. And it's a slow climb back up from there. Yeah, yeah. I, it's just so complicated. It and is. there are so many options. And, you know, even between, you know, you have Chase and Amex, Capital One, you have, and then you have all the airline the cards. I mean, he has, what, 60 credit cards, right? Is that what Between him said? and his wife, I think so. And they well, probably had over 160. Right, right. I mean, it's an incredible game to play, and it's cool that we have this option to play it. However, I think that people should consider that 
the reason that this game is available for us to even attempt to play is because the house usually wins. Just like for gambling in a casino, they're setting it up to win. They want your money. And just keep that in mind. And really, please, if you're listening to this, do not attempt to do this if you don't think that you have the financial responsibility to benefit from it. Because if you mess up, it will impact your finances and your credit and all things that are incredibly important to you, um, which will ultimately impact your travel. You won't be able to travel. So so please do your research and take time. Step into it uh, one foot at a time accumulate points on one credit card, make sure you're paying it off. And if you're responsible and you do well with that credit card, then maybe venture into a second card and go from there. Do not, this is not something that you should just jump into. This is something that you should take very slow and work at over a long period of time. Um, but, but when you do, and when you learn how to do this the correct way, it can be incredibly beneficial as Jeff told us today. Yeah. And to pull a quote from one of Bob and myself's favorite television shows, when you play the game of credit card rewards, you either win or you become incredibly indebted and to my, credit card companies. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, the, that's the, the big takeaway. They're in it to win money. They're not win money. Make money off of your mistakes. And yes. they do because they are billion-dollar companies. They're doing very well. So, so just keep that in mind. And before we get into the trivia question for this week, uh, if you can, please give us a rating on iTunes or wherever you're listening, whether that be Stitcher, Radio Public, TuneIn. It would be very nice. And follow us on social media if you aren't already. or on Instagram, Facebook, and soon to be YouTube. And reach out to us through direct messages or email. Mm-hmm. And before we go, we're going to have today's trivia question. So according to on the podcast, Jeff had mentioned his base home base airport which airport is it when you know the answer or when you think you know the answer shoot us an email with the correct answer and we will reach out to a select few of you and supply you with a traveler's blueprint sticker to slap on your travel bag or your laptop or whatever whatever you want really thanks for listening and tune in next week for the answer